0: The Ambitious Mum Podcast Different women, different lives, different ambitions I'm Kate Moore Youssef and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition But what I know is that I have a business model
1: that COVID I can thank for Helping me realise I can do it from anywhere. Motherhood. Really game-changing for me was learning about the power of our minds and actually learning about my own limiting beliefs.
0: And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. It's about truly understanding our strengths, leveraging our strengths, and actually realizing
1: that it's okay that I'm not great in all areas because that's just not realistic.
0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and this is the last week of the podcast um, before I have a break over this summer. So I've got two brilliant guests. Um, I've got one today um, I've got one coming out on Friday. Now, today's guest is a lady called Shelley Bosworth. Now, you may have noticed that over the series, you know, I speak to a lot of coaches, and I know that obviously I'm a coach myself, and it just so happens that all these women in these empowering spaces call themselves coaches. They can be mentors, they can be guides, teachers, however you want to look at them, but essentially what we've all got in common are other women cheerleading women on. we're holding hands we're making space. we are um, creating conversations, opening up um, you know new new concepts. We're really trying our hardest to give other women that platform to be authentic to be their true selves and Shelly is just another one of these amazing women. So she calls herself a female empowerment coach and she is ex-corporate. You'll, you'll see that a lot of these coaches I speak to have come from some form of corporate background and they've realised that actually they want to be working for themselves. They want to be sort of like dancing to the beat of their own tune. And Shelly's just another one. Her story's fantastic. And we really do talk about all sorts of brilliant things. I have to say, I feel like my conversation with Shelly Kind of summarizes a lot of the conversations that, that I've had over the you know the months with all the different women, and I think yes we do cross over lots of the conversations There's a little bit of repetition, but I actually think that's solidifying. And so if you are a regular of the podcast, you'll hear sort of similar messages, and that's exactly what I want. I want to be able to keep imprinting these ideas on you, so you you'll feel like it's the norm. Um, So we talk in this conversation about limiting beliefs, actually some really interesting about personality types and a specific test that Shelley does to find out our very specific personality types. So we understand where we're suited in the world, where we're suited in, in the way we work in our relationships, how we operate. So it's really interesting what she talks about with this. We talk about imposter syndrome. That was a big one and comparison and believing that we're not good enough and thinking that other people are always doing it better and constantly I think it's this constant questioning and challenging ourselves and I guess the self-doubt so you will definitely see some themes that I've been kind of crossing over the the different conversations throughout the series. But Shelley is most definitely straight talking. That's how she describes herself. And I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So here it is, my conversation with Shelley Bosworth. Hi Shelley, we've got Shelley Bosworth here and Shelley is a uh, women's life coach and actually as we speak Shelley I'm in the UK and you're in Italy which I didn't know and um, it's very interesting so I can't wait to hear more about your story and um, just tell us a little bit about how you you came from a corporate background. I know you said you had twenty five years, and you've now living as a women's life coach in Italy with your husband. Yes, explain. I'm fascinated.
1: <laughs> so, hi, Kate, and thank you so much for inviting me on. It's just a delight to be here. So, yeah, I'll give you as the the abridged version. So, yes, I am currently living in Italy. I am a very proud women's life coach, and get to do what I absolutely love. But the story didn't start there. The the background is um, I have a 25-year corporate career. So fairly, I won't go right back to childhood, but I had a standard upbringing. You know, it was we weren't rich. We weren't poor. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. I was brought up, as many of us, you know, that standard work hard at school, get good exam results, go to uni, get a good job, good package, get a nice house, pay the mortgage, retire one day. And I guess I I kind of followed that path. I was very ambitious and I climbed the corporate ladder. And then fast forward, um, I was, let's call me a late developer. So I met my husband at 38. Uh, We married, I turned 40, I had a health scare and we sadly lost both of my in-laws in the space of 12 months. Now I won't go into, that's not a worries me moment. um, And it was a tough time, I won't deny. But essentially, all those things were triggers for me. So when my father-in-law was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's, actually, at quite a young age, that was the first kind of question of, you know, what's it all for? Life is really short. I was not miserable at work. So I always point that out. I actually loved my job. Um, And I was working in a role where I got to travel around the UK, got to go to the seaside quite a lot. I worked for a very well-known holiday company. And it was quite a good job but I wasn't fulfilled. And I was trying to work out what that was all about. Now, what I loved most about the work that I'd always done was having a team. And what I loved most about that was helping people be the best they could be. So I was known as a good, inverted commas, coach in the corporate world. And I had a secret desire, dream to find out more about what being a, an actual coach would look like. So I did. I went off and found out and I trained while still in corporate for two years. So I did a life coaching, personal performance diploma in life coaching. Did that alongside the, the corporate role while traveling around the country and working ridiculously long hours. The more I did it, the more I loved it. And then, of course, this other stuff was happening alongside. So there were signals left, right and center. And so in June 2019, I qualified. I sat on my practice and I started practicing correctly and properly with clients still in corporate. And my plan was, you know, three to five years. I'll, you know, I'll do it slowly. I'll build. I left corporate at the end of 2019. So I loved what I was doing. My husband was supportive and we made the decision that I would make the leap and go for it. We were both very much of a life is too short. You know, if you don't do it now, when will you? So December 2019, all guns blazing, I'm leaving, new year, new decade, 2020, here I come with my business and I think we all know what happened in 2020. So it's definitely been an interesting first 18 months in business. I'm still here, I am loving even more than I was, which I didn't think was possible doing what I get to do and I am just so passionate about helping other women, I call it finding their more. So I guess the piece for me was, if you had asked me, if, I, if you'd suggested to me five years ago that I would be running my own business, let alone from Italy, and I'll explain that bit in a second, um, I'd have said, don't be silly. Oh, this, is, this, is, this is my lot. This is how it's supposed to be for me. People like me don't do that. I didn't know entrepreneurs. I didn't know people that ran their own businesses. But here I am, and I'm so passionate about helping any woman kind of rediscover what they want for them because we put ourselves so far down the list when there's so much going on all around us and realising you can have it. You might have to do some things a bit differently. You might have to have some very challenging conversations with yourself and maybe with others, but you can if you really if you really want, but you've got to do something about it. And then the Italy bit. So we all know 2020 was a tough year for everybody and everybody's got their story to tell. Ours is very simply that my husband was made redundant at the height of the pandemic. So he worked for a very well-known hospitality business on the UK high street. The hospitality sector has clearly taken a hit. So he was made redundant. He did secure another role and we decided to go for it. It was an international opportunity, but it fell through. My in-laws that I mentioned, they retired out to Italy about 15 years ago and rebuilt this house that we are very fortunate enough to live in now. So we're in the house in Italy that is on my vision board, is the future goal. We're here several years earlier than planned. Definitely not the way I had it planned out in my mind, but loving every minute of it, making the very best of it. And do you know what, quite truthfully, I'm not sure what comes next for us in terms of whether we'll stay here, whether we'll come back to the UK. But what I know is that I have a business model that Covid, I can thank for helping me realise I can do it from anywhere. And so here I am in Italy getting to do this amazing work that I do.
0: Wow. I mean, that's so it's very inspiring. And it's also you've sort of broken it down and, and kind of explained to us sort of the practical steps as yeah. well. It wasn't kind of an overnight job um, that there, there was you know, a lot of work involved, I guess, from the studying perspective while you're still working mm-hmm. and all the things, the decisions and the choices that you had to make. And I think we probably sometimes don't bring that into the conversation that there are hard choices and we do have ownership of our life that we have to make those choices if we want to lean into the life that we want. Yes. So it doesn't just kind of like all just appear on our doorstep and we and and, and to be honest, I wish it did. <laughs> it we all. A you know, there's sometimes I've had to make these decisions and choices and you know you feel like you're a bit, it's a bit at a crossroads and you know making that harder choice yeah. the better outcome is sometimes just too scary. So we just choose that easier option? Gosh, there's so much I want to pick up on
1: in there. So I've given you the, the whistle stop tour of kind of the last <laughs> three to five years of our lives. And I should point out in there, you know, I didn't just kind of go, Oh, I fancy being a life coach. In my corporate career, I was, I was fortunate. I don't use the word lucky. Lucky for me infers that it's not deserved. So I think fortunate is a better word to use. I was fortunate. I worked really hard and I, I climbed the ladder and I had quite a lot of personal development in that. And I, I had a coach in, in my corporate life. And that was game-changing for me and, and incredibly intriguing. So I think that's probably where my interest was first peaked Through my own coaching experience and through my training as a coach, what was really game-changing for me was learning about the power of our minds and actually learning about my own limiting beliefs and discovering what had been going on for me for a while that I knew nothing about and didn't realise was going on for me. So it was everybody's assumption was that I would absolutely – take a route into working with corporate women and probably work on career change and things like that and actually no one's assumption was that I would work as I do I'm so passionate about mindset because of course what we discover is mindset is at the root of everything to your point about and you know I'll say this in the right way I'm not one of those that I'm not particularly spiritual, and I'm really honest about that. I'm curious about a lot of things there. So it's not that you can just sit there, think really hard, and it falls into your lap. I'm all about the inspired action that comes with it. And that's 25 years of corporate. I am an action-driving lady. And so for me, it's bringing those two pieces together, helping people understand what's really going on, behind the scenes, the stuff in our minds, the stuff we tell ourselves and have done for a really long time, perhaps because somebody else has told us somewhere along the line, and then learning that we can do something about that. And that's really
0: what I had to work on all the way through, believing that I could. And I think you know, we as coaches hear that term sort of bandied around limiting beliefs a lot, but when you break it down, it is literally what we have been telling ourselves all our lives, what we've heard other people tell us, what our cultures told us, what our community, what our family, and there's so much noise, and that we've just kind of um, absorbed it, yeah. and that is our reality. Yeah. So, like what you said at the beginning, is that um, you just expected to kind of just go through life, you know, corporate, retire, do this, yeah. yeah. And unless we challenge those norms that we believe, you know, those limiting beliefs we don't see beyond our kind of perspective and and I was just yeah I was just going to say like how and I think what this coaching world is we shouldn't just have um access to to recognising our limiting beliefs if we've got a coach or if we're into self-development or if we're spiritual. Because before I got into all this world, I genuinely didn't know what a limiting belief was. I'd never heard the term at all. No. Five years ago,
1: I'd never heard of limiting beliefs.
0: And So how can a a person who's listening to this podcast right now, who isn't part of this kind of coaching, spiritual, self-development world, but is a little bit curious, how can they understand what their limiting belief is or are oh gosh great question um (laughs) (laughs) look I think the
1: beauty so everything's a bit of a blessing and a curse isn't it there there is so much noise there is and I mean noise in the right way in a lot of cases but you know you're right you suddenly you find yourself in this world and actually everywhere you turn there's limiting beliefs there's you know I guess if you're listening to this right now and thinking so what's this limiting belief stuff all about the starting point for me when I first found out about limiting beliefs it was reading I'm a bit of a researcher so just kind of I love Google me and Dr Google are best mates <laughs> and so just kind of without confusing yourself too much you know just go and have a little Google around what a limiting belief is because of course I'd never heard of a limiting belief and literally as we both know it's a belief that limits us. I mean, it's it's what it says on the tin, isn't it? A belief that is holding us back from doing something. I'm a big believer in um, self-awareness. And that's such a key starting point to anything. And so again, I was really fortunate in my corporate career to have been exposed to lots of methods of learning about myself because of leadership skills and requirements something that i am um, i also do within my coaching world and i'm qualified in is disc profiling and you can do this stuff online you can do kind of personality profiling online you can do free stuff that just starts to give you a bit of insight as to why you might be the way that you are why you might respond the way you do to certain things and certain people which can be very useful in our small business world as well understanding our clients so self-awareness is absolutely key. But I'd I just say to anyone, just get curious. Reading, you know, researching on the internet is a great start. Yeah. Just get curious and try not to get overwhelmed by it. Because once you start to raise that awareness, you start to hear yourself. And when you hear it, you can decide to catch it and perhaps do something with it or about it as well? Does that answer the question you were asking me? Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. And I think it is that awareness, isn't it? Of of knowing that potentially that's not your reality. Yes, Like you don't have to do what you've been told this whole time. You aren't that person that you've been told. So it's that kind of like light bulb moment of, well, am I what my dad or my mum has always said? Maybe I'm not. It can be even simpler than that. So here's a really great one. And this has
1: genuinely come up for me in the last couple of weeks, doing some work with someone with limited beliefs. So we were talking about entrepreneurs. And I suddenly found myself saying, do you know, as a child, I didn't know anyone that ran businesses, as I said. But actually, in my mind, an entrepreneur, inverted commas, was rich. There's an irony, because we all know how hard, you know, building your business is. But in my head... Being labeled an entrepreneur meant you were incredibly successful, rich, probably American in my little mind as well, probably very good looking and living in LA and certainly in that kind of tech world, because that was probably what I was exposed to when I was growing up and certainly in my teenage years around entrepreneurialism. And I certainly thought you had to have some crazy ass idea that would make you millions. Not that, just a normal girl from Essex could start her own business and call herself with pride an entrepreneur which is exactly what I am but that wasn't my belief because it wasn't what I knew and that's a really simple example there's really powerful stuff you can get into when you get your limited beliefs and the, the, the stories that have come from childhood there can also be just some really simple stuff like that but actually I carried that all the way through of course I'll never run I'll never be an entrepreneur because I'll never be rich well that's other stuff but but you see my point around that just that one little thing can create a limiting
0: belief and maybe yeah 42 years of age before I made the leap yeah and I think that's very powerful for us to recognize that we have got control and we we can change mindsets and beliefs you know whatever age it doesn't matter yeah absolutely just interrupting the podcast because I know if you're a regular listener you will have heard me uh, mention my workshop my anxiety workshop for parents over the past weeks and it's now creeping up it's on the 20th of July and I just wanted to let you know some more information about it in case you are thinking about it that it has cropped up in your family so the workshop is going to be for parents empowering themselves with new tips and methods to help their children with anxiety So I know that as a parent, we can often feel very helpless if we see our children suffering. And so I want to be able to give you new methods to be able to bring into for yourself, but also for your family. So I'm gonna be giving you some new EFT, very simple tapping techniques. I'm gonna be talking about gut health, essential oils, yoga moves, breath work, it's a 75 minutes workshop, and I promise you, I am jam-packing as much as I can. So you can cherry-pick what works for you, what you think might work for the family. But essentially, I want to give you as many tools to work for yourselves, if, if it's managing your own anxiety, and then being able to sort of bring that new energy into the family home. Whether that is just empowering your kids and teaching them and saying, listen, I've, I've you know got this cool new thing I want to show you. Even if it's just this essential oils that you get out of it, I have them everywhere, in my car, my bedroom, my office. They are my, one of my best helps for anxiety or feeling a bit low, um, just uplifting the spirit. So I want to be able to give you as many practical techniques to bring into your family that is easy to do, to work with. There's not going to be too costly. And I'm also going to be giving you some of my best experts. I'm going to be hooking you up with their contact details and really explaining what they do. So if you want to go a bit deeper and you want to get Further expert advice, you can speak to them. So head to the show notes. All the details are there for the workshop. It's on my Instagram bio as well, or my website, coachingbykate.me.uk. It's on the 20th of July. It's £28.50. And I promise you, I am jam-packing as much information in there so you've got a summer of different options if you have got a child that is suffering with anxiety at the moment. And back to the podcast. You mentioned that the DISC profiling, and I'm yes. really interested in that. I know that's quite a sort of corporate thing. It is. Um, and there's there's lots of different sort of versions of it. If, if I guess it's like personality t- testing. Yes. Isn't it crazy that, you know, you think we get to this age of being an adult and we think we like, oh, we should know ourselves by now. We've worked, we're adults, we're parents, we're children, we've grown up, we're paying mortgages, we should know. But still, we, we feel that... Um, I mean, I know I did it. I did it a few years ago and I was blown away by how precise it was and how enlightening it was for me to understand myself better. The good stuff and the bad stuff, yes. how I reacted in certain situations, what I needed to be able to sort of like preserve my personal energy, all these different things that I have have actually stuck with me. Some of the things I've kind of forgotten about, but the very vital things I have carried with me. Explain a little bit about the disk profiling and how that helps your clients when they come to you. Yeah. So disk profiling, as you say, it is largely known within the corporate world.
1: And there are so many versions of, disk was one of the the earliest versions, actually. But you may have heard of Insights, disk, MBTI, Myers-Briggs. God, I could name so many. There are so many versions out there. There are new ones popping up all the time. In short, these are their personality assessments. The proviso is you kind of do this online questionnaire and it's it's really kind of answer with your gut. And it gives us a read on your preference, your personality preference. And particularly in disc, what it talks about is your kind of when you're backed against a wall preference. So the, the kind of if the going gets tough, what do you you'll revert to type methodology, but also how you believe others see you, and how you see yourself. So you get kind of three reads. And what can be really interesting is the difference sometimes between those. But what it's about is understanding your personality preference. And then through that awareness, understanding how you can, and I talk about dialing up and dialing down things. Because we are all wonderfully, uniquely different. We know that. And actually, when we understand more about ourselves, we can understand the impact we can have on others good and not so good, as well as perhaps start to understand other people's behaviors for themselves or towards us. And that can be groundbreaking in terms of relationships. So one of the reasons I decided to pursue qualifying in the DISC profiling was, why should that just be for corporate? Actually, and I've done this with quite a lot of small business owners and talks about how it can help them with client relationships. But let me tell you, ladies, I use it quite a lot at home with my husband too, you know, I definitely, without pigeonholing. And I think, you know, there's, there is so much power in self-awareness, as you said. And that's not so much, sadly, I guess we just we just know what we know. And if it's never questioned, we just learn to accept that and deal with that rather than having the tools to understand that. Because to be really clear, what we can't do is necessarily change it. We're kind of hardwired. We are the people we are. We can change some of our thought processes and we can absolutely learn new beliefs. But there is a lot that's kind of hardwired. But what we can do is learn how to dial up and dial down the right stuff at the right time. Because there is no right way to behave in the world. There is no right way to be. Everything, and this is the true power of real self-awareness is the situational self-awareness. So knowing that over in this situation here, actually, if I could tap into this strength of mine, but over here, that strength might not play out so well. And I'm really passionate about it not being a tool to beat ourselves up and say, I've got loads of stuff to work on. Because that's not what it's about. It's about truly understanding our strengths, leveraging our strengths, and actually realizing that it's okay that I'm not great in all areas because that's just not realistic and I can surround myself with the people that are really good at the stuff I'm not I can learn from people that are good at and when I say stuff I mean the behavioral stuff this is behavioral not practical stuff um and I can learn to manage situations that don't serve me brilliantly by understanding myself if that makes sense so yeah it makes lots of of sense
0: and I'm sort of thinking it's all about emotional intelligence really isn't it yeah yeah it kind of brings everyone together because whether you've got a PhD or you left school at 16 and you've got that emotional intelligence, you can do a huge amount with that. And what you're saying there is, is... pretty much sort of like correlating to the fact that it's I guess breeding more social I'm uh, sorry more emotional intelligence so we can cope better in certain situations and I love Absolutely. that term that dialing up and dialing down because it just kind of makes you a little bit more okay you know in this situation with that person what what do I need to bring more of myself and where do I need to kind of just like hold back and just take some control we we all very naturally Um, what's the word kind of warm to
1: or kind of move towards people like us it's human nature we we do that we we like to see us in other people and actually we tend to not like to see our not so good bits in other people too and we'll make it about them but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) Um, but actually again there's so much power I get really passionate about personality profiling and, and disc particularly because it it's, it is absolutely about identifying our strengths and being really proud and owning those strengths and realising how we can leverage and utilise those strengths. But actually, also then being able to take it to the next level and see the strengths in others. Because we can be really quick to, to let's be honest, judge, criticise. Again, human nature, we all do it, even if we don't do it in a really nasty way. And actually, what these, these wonderful tools can do, this you know, it's one of many, is yes, help you with your own awareness, but really help you to understand others too and how much they can bring to your life and and how much you can bring to them too. And that's why it's used so much in corporate because it's very much about leadership and anyone. And leadership is not just a corporate piece. You know, small businesses, we all aspire to have teams one day. And ultimately, your team will only work well for you if you're getting the best out of them. And if there are five of you running around, chances are there's going to be a lot of stuff that doesn't get done very well because we're not all good at everything. So, you know, learning that stuff and you're, you're so right about the emotional intelligence piece because it's, it's absolutely not about practical skills. Some of that plays in and we can talk about that or we can align it to practical skills stuff. It's that relationship communication, verbal and non-verbal communication, you know, the, the kind of the impact you as a being can have on others in such great ways as well as potentially not so
0: great in how you can dial up, dial down that stuff. Yeah. So it sounds, you know, we can get completely immersed in this and then it can cripple us a little bit because then we can maybe go into kind of overthinking mode (laughs) and like be like, oh, what do I say now? Like, how do I react? And so it is, I think we just, you know, anyone listening right now is, um, you know, don't, don't take this completely or literally like go about your day, go and be who you want to be, Absolutely. but just kind of like have that like nugget of, of self-awareness kind of like on and and it's actually quite an interesting um, thing to do, isn't it? Because all of a sudden you're you're noticing things that you might not have noticed before. You're noticing maybe when you um, interrupt people or when you like to be able to uh, assert yourself more than you should or little things like that, that act- actually are super helpful. And especially, you know, if you're, and when you said about leadership, it can be um, leadership of a family. It can be yes. um, in friend groups. It can be in so many different ways that it is just nice to have that, awareness. And I I wanted to talk to you about what you mentioned just before we started recording was about not labeling, but normalizing. And it sort of, it kind of came about when I mentioned about imposter syndrome and that inevitably probably comes up in, in a lot of coaching sessions most coaches with probably more women than men, I don't like to generalize, but sadly imposter syndrome sort of shows up that's the case yep (laughs) it it is and so I think a lot of people walk around A lot of women walk around beating themselves up a little bit about feeling this imposter syndrome feeling like they're not good enough feeling that they've got these limiting beliefs and it can get all consuming and I know I have been there I've been there thinking I'm never going to do anything because I've got all these beliefs and this mindset and where I'm, you know, I'm surely I'm the only person that's feeling like this. How can you bring this kind of not labelling, but normalising, you know, out there? And, and how can you explain this to people? So first of all, yes, I
1: know we spoke about it off camera. I'm so passionate about this. And I, I talk about not labelling, but normalising. So there's so much talk now, by talk, I mean, on social media, quite frankly. But there's, there's you know, the labels of imposter syndrome, limited police, they're being banded around all over the place. And actually... I'd be surprised if anybody didn't read that stuff and think, oh, my God, that's me. Because quite frankly, if my belief, I'm not saying it's scientifically proven, but my belief is we all have limiting beliefs. We just haven't all worked out what they are yet because they're not necessarily playing a part in our lives. And at some stage in our life, we all experience imposter syndrome. Now, one of the reasons I say that is because at the root of of all of these feelings is our own confidence and belief in ourselves and confidence is belief in ourselves and no one is 100% confident 100% of the time because if they are then they're never doing anything at all and what I mean by that is at some stage in every single part of our day we do something that's a little bit different and might feel a little bit uncomfortable and we're not 100% confident in that Now the imposter syndrome piece, and and again, it gets attached to corporate life, that it's only women in big senior roles that have lots of men around them. That's crap, sorry if that's not allowed. No, it's allowed. (laughs) Imposter syndrome is this really big label, but it's basically that feeling of, I'm not quite enough. I don't don't really deserve what just happened, whether that's, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something really simple. Those are all feelings, essentially, of imposter syndrome, that someone's going to work out, I don't quite deserve it. And at some stage in our lives, pretty much all of us experience it. It is said, research suggests, that women experience it more. I think women talk about it more. But what we do is we talk about how we're feeling and not necessarily what we can do about it. What I'm really passionate about is normalising it, so getting people to talk about it. Because I guarantee you, if you chat to your friend, and say, this is how I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit like I don't really deserve all that's happening. She'll go, Oh, my God, I felt like that before. You find me someone that hasn't ever felt like that. And I'm not going to put money on the table. But you get my point here, right? So that's what I mean about normalizing it, because it's happening for all of us. And the first step to doing anything about anything is acknowledging it's happening, not hiding from it, whether that's consciously or subconsciously, So I talk about it a lot, I put it out there a lot, I share my story, I share examples of my own to show everybody. I never ever come along as a coach and suggest that I've got all my stuff sorted because I'm human, of course I haven't, I'm a work in progress. The world is a work in progress and we are all in that and so imposter syndrome, if you've ever felt like, I'm not sure how I did that just happened and I'm sure it probably shouldn't have, then you've probably experienced imposter syndrome and you're not alone and you can work that through. And that's the stuff that then coaching can be really powerful for, actually helping you work through how it does not debilitate you. Because to your point, I I feel like we're on this precipice at the moment where because there's so much information out there and there's so, so much open talk, the labeling can feel quite heavy. And if we don't know what to do about it, it
0: weighs us down and it stops us. Oh, yeah. And that's the I real. Really, yeah. 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 I really feel that as well, especially on social media, because there's so many accounts out there um, just talking about all of this quite big stuff. And you, and you see people doing like these amazing illustrations and memes and all these things that are being shared. And it can feel it all of a sudden. You just go, oh yeah, I, de- I identify with that, and I identify with this, and all of a sudden, I'm carrying all these different labels, and it feels like you kind of like imprisoned. You've imprisoned yes. yourself with these labels, yeah. and and it's really hard to remove those shackles. I think when we don't, it, we can talk about it, but then we don't know how to get out of it, and and I think that's what you're saying is that with the coaching. It does allow us that space to get curious, to ask questions, to also kind of question: Is that true? Yes. Like what the most is important, important, is that really true? Oh gosh,
1: the most important step in dealing with, it. and they're all intrinsically linked. You know, imposter syndrome. Is a really big label. Limiting beliefs are part of imposter syndrome because when we are experiencing those feelings of "I don't really deserve," we start telling ourselves story about all the things we can't do or shouldn't do. Don't even start me on the word "should." Mm. Ban it from the dictionary. Goodbyes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all intrinsically linked. And then, of course, you've got that lovely phrase "self sabotage." You know where we and and they're all great phrases, and I'm really passionate about all of them. But they're all fundamentally linked and fundamentally linked to belief in ourselves
0: well the belief is i'm not good enough yeah
1: and how we flip that belief
0: is is the key to unlocking it all yeah and, and it is it's very much i think the baseline of it all of of is i'm just not good enough and the comp Pairing of it to ourselves to others as well, um, and it's it's can be so damaging if we're not aware of it, and which is why I'm so passionate about talking about it on this podcast because I want to bring in as many different people who are all bringing their different sorts of experience and insights. So it is normalized. Mm. So the, they, these conversations are have happening, and we are having this awareness that it's not just. There, kind of like in a bit of a mist and we don't really understand why we're feeling so low Mm. or feeling like we've got no options or confidence and very much that the premise of this podcast is kind of giving women like little sparks of recognizing what's holding them back um what's keeping them stuck and kind of going oh okay um and yeah, obviously I'm, you know, bringing these incredible experts like yourself that, you know, if they want to explore more, they can, now they've got an opportunity to to contact these people. But I think it's, it's basically trying to get to us, get to know ourselves again, isn't it? And, and from an authentic place. one hundred So really understanding ourselves. And I do believe that it does take us until sort of, midlife to get there (laughs) sadly I'm the most impatient person in the world and I've been like searching for years and it's just as I turned 40 last year it's just kind of oh okay maybe I I just need to accept that this is who I am or I just need to accept that um, this is what I am and how can I make this into the best possible version of my life yeah I totally agree with you and yeah 40 god we
1: all worry about getting to that number don't we and don't get me wrong as you heard from my original story you know there was a little bit rubbish attached to you know that that turning point in my life but equally I am more comfortable with who I am than I've ever been and I do often say you know god I wish that I someone had helped me understand some of this a long time ago but all of it all that i didn't understand all that i did anyway has made me who i am so i'm really comfortable with that I'm, i am quite passionate and I think you know i've got like these future aspirations of how do we help the younger generation start to learn about this stuff earlier and i'm certainly so conscious of my own behavior with any younger people at all and and like I say blessing and curse you hear your own voice but you hear everything everyone around you says and you have to be very careful about you know picking up on certain people you know because when you start to learn the power of our language and the stories and the messages at such a young age of course it raises our awareness of how can I help that and I think that that is happening naturally because there's so much more awareness now. Or maybe it's because I'm in the industry, I'm not sure. Um, but equally, and you talked there about kind of comparing, you know, we, we've we just lived 12 months of our lives, basically, behind screens. And there has been huge amounts of benefits to that for our businesses. And I'm sure we would all agree there's been lots you know, challenges for people. But equally, that has brought with it a whole load of stuff we're still unpicking. And we'll continue to unpick for a period of time. We see inside each other's homes. We are looking at ourselves more on camera than I ever looked at myself in a mirror leading up to 2020, let's be honest. And all of these things are subconsciously chipping away at us, even if we don't realise it's happening. And we're living through social media and have been. There is, there is absolutely benefit to looking at what's happening around you and maybe your competitors and things. But there's such a fine line between being inspired by others and getting into that downward spiral of she's doing this, I wish I could, maybe I should, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's so difficult. And I would be lying if I said I don't sometimes fall into that trap myself. Of course I do. I look at others in awe and think, should I be more like? And then I have to catch myself. But that, I hear it. Whereas, and that's the first step. Once you, as, as I said, if you can hear it, or if you've got someone that helps you hear it, then you can start to question it. And challenge it and actually ask yourself
0: is this even true
1: what I'm telling myself do I really want to be like that um
0: that is you I think, think having those those moments of clarity of kind of going oh okay this is what I'm doing I've you know when you're in the middle of scrolling through Instagram and you have to physically stop yourself going you are comparing and this yes. is what I say to myself remove the phone from your hands and <laughs> yes. put it down and go and do something else <laughs> And and you can get caught in that trap and I can be there for 20 minutes, like completely mindlessly going, I should have done this program or shouldn't have done that. or what am I doing? I I need to change. But then I I do have now I have this awareness a few years ago, maybe less so. But I now do kind of go, no, you're doing something that's right for you, right for your family, right for the business. This is what you're doing. I don't know if it ever goes away. I just think the awareness becomes more powerful. I agree. I don't
1: think, sorry to burst anyone's bubble, I don't think it does ever go. I think it's normal human behaviour. We all have a piece in us, some bigger than others, where we look at others and think, what if? Perhaps why not? Maybe I should. That's okay. It's okay to be curious and inquisitive and ask yourself those questions, but it's catching it before it becomes, I'm not good enough, And allowing it or trying to find ways for it to be, could I? What if I could? What could I learn from that? What can I do with that? Rather than, oh, that's it, I'm done, I'm not good enough. And I think, you know, we've just said, you know, the the kind of the 40 number as well. We've got to remember that a lot of what's going on for us is 40 years in the making. You know, we've been carrying this stuff all this time. That doesn't go away overnight. You can't unpick, and unpick might be the wrong word, but you can't unpick some of that tough stuff that you've carried with you for all those years in, in a day. I'm not saying it's going to take another 40 years and I'm going, take, I'm going to be 80 before I've got all that mastered. But I'm realistic that that takes some time and effort. And now I have conscious awareness of it and I and I know tactics to deal with it. I can do something much faster than the 30 years of not even realising it
0: was happening. Does any of that make sense what I just said there? Yeah, uh, so. no, it absolutely does. And, you know, funny enough, I think we kind of get this mindset that, oh, if we've not achieved something by the age of 40 or 50, like that's it. Like, you know, life's over. We're old. We can't do it. But I heard a story the other day that, you know, someone in their 80s finally wrote their book that they'd been dreaming of. Someone in their 70s finally started the business that he wanted to do. So once we kind of remove this, and and again, going back to that very sort of Old fashioned life journey of like you retire at sixty, um, and and that's it for life. And life life's not like that anymore. People are getting younger, looking younger, feeling younger. Mm. That we're allowed several chapters, and you know we could have three chapters in our lives where we, we're doing something now until we're sixty, and then from sixty to eighty we could do something else. And that is very empowering to know that mm. it's okay to be doing one thing now. And I feel very passionately for myself but also when I see other people who aren't if they've got no joy they've got no creativity they've got no maybe like a, a hobby or like the Americans call a side hustle and you know <laughs> just to have something in your life that isn't just work related yeah. and isn't family related and you've got something just for you and if you wanted to if you really wanted to you could lean into that more later on in life if you wanted to start a crocheting business or a gardening, landscaping, gardening business, any of these little things, none of this is impossible. It is, I would say, and especially for you being a life coach, I'm sure you have people that have come to you that have just said, I'm I'm miserable. And and you'll probably look at their life and go, well, what you do? That's for you. Or what you do? That brings you joy. And they go, well, nothing. (laughs) It is one of the
1: number one reasons I work with women. And and I often I describe it as putting themselves back on the list Mm. because and I I get it. I recognize it because in my early corporate years, I was so driven and so determined that I was going to get to where I wanted to get to. I worked all the hours under the sun. I didn't see my friends. I didn't have hobbies, didn't have any hobbies because it was, you know, all about. Um, And I kind of learned through that. If I'm honest, I burnt out at quite an early age, but I still carried on in the corporate world. And I work with so many women who, who don't have anything for themselves for a number of reasons. They, I think, sometimes they feel they don't deserve it because actually everything else is more important. We've got that lovely, and I'm going to be, I'm going to call the truth bomb, on it, truth bomb on it. Excuse time. We've all got the same 24 hours. We're just going to make decisions about how we use it. Um, and and so, so often my starting point with women is, a, is an evaluation, if you like. Of life in its entirety. So many of my clients come to me thinking that they want to work on a particular thing. And actually, once we start, we realize that's not what this is about at all. Actually, it's about, it's not balance because you can't, in the definition of the word balance, you can't actually have balance unless that's what you really want. And that's quite challenging to achieve. But it is absolutely about putting their own wants and needs back on the list because we do like to play the martyr. Sorry, I'm you know, I'm I know I do, I do it, I play the master all the time. Um, and it's kind of calling. So, you know, my style is very straight talking, I'm quite no nonsense, as you've probably gathered. That's 25 years of corporate, but actually that's what makes me the coach I am, and so I'm very much about and this plays into what we were just talking about, really listening and playing back what I hear because quite often Mm. we don't hear what we're saying, we don't hear what we're saying to ourselves internally or even externally sometimes and and actually when someone plays it back to you and says well hang on a sec what I just heard there was and you know verbatim your own words that can be quite an eye-opening moment of oh yeah I did just say that and actually Mm. that's quite telling of something so lots and lots of women in that place and I think this last year has highlighted that for a lot of women as well you know so you know whether it be having a full-time employed role that you know furloughed and yes I know, you know lots of stuff was thrown at all of us but when your work is taken away from you and this isn't just women actually I know I work predominantly with women but let's be fair this, for, for a lot of men this was a real challenge in the last year mm-hmm. and their purpose was taken away and yeah and I and I wonder how I would have felt if I'd still been in my corporate world and been furloughed and gone through that but actually lots of people running their own businesses weren't able to run their businesses and actually that moment of what do I do? How do you know, maybe what have I got? Uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, and that's been a great thing about COVID too, kind of refinding some of that. Um, and yeah. now as we move into whatever the next stage of this world looks like, I think there's a lot of people kind of saying, I don't want to let go of some of that. I, don't, I definitely Absolutely. don't want it to go back to how it was. How do I find the way to maintain the stuff that's really worked for me? Yes, bring back in stuff I know who has got to come back, but, mm. you know, keep that level of fulfillment that, you know, I'm secretly under my hand saying I've quite enjoyed about lockdown.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've had so many conversations with people who have, um, who don't want it to go back. I no, don't, think, I've, I don't think there's one person I've spoken to who can't oh, wait for life to go back to normal. Yeah. Uh, we've all been seeing we've all seen this other side of things that yes. we never thought we'd see. We've re- reframed our lives and we've recognized where we want to prioritize and, and what can be yep. you know thrown out. Um and I hope I hope we don't all of a sudden just get a memory blank and yeah, go back. I'm with you on that. Uh, I really do because there has been so many different you know, balance has reshifted a little bit. Mm-hmm equilibrium a little bit i mean at the beginning yes it was it was very very difficult of course. but i've seen more men towards the end of this lockdown stepping into you know more either parenting roles or being um more visible doing all the housework recognizing that women need time out and um women need time to work just as much as the men do so not in all cases, obviously, but um, the ha- I have seen that shift towards the end of, of lockdown. Yes. And and I do believe that more people are recognising the need to be fulfilled. Okay. Um, I think that, that kind of comes full circle to the beginning of our conversation, that you, you are passionate about showing people that fulfilment is important. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, that's one of my biggest values. When I did like a value um, exercise, you know, a long time ago, my biggest thing was fulfillment. Right. And I hope that with the fulfillment comes, you know, the the money that, you know, that I can hopefully earn from my business. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I'm not fulfilled, I'm not going to be able to put my heart and soul. And
1: it's, it's it's almost like
0: a hobby. I mean, I look at this this podcast doesn't bring me any money yet. But if for me, it's like a very fulfilling hobby that feeds into my business, but I would probably do it even if I didn't have my business because I just love it so much. and, and, And it really kind of brings so much to my life. So it's, I think I would just love to say to anyone listening now is just, just think what fulfills you in life that, you know, if it's your career, amazing, but do you have anything else that really feeds that Element of your soul, and I know you said you're not spiritual, but I feel that I think to, to use that word soul, I think we can all recognise. And,
1: and and yeah, so I'm quite honest about curious and kind of learning as I go. But but I just kind of add to what you just said in that, just be curious about yourself and and ask yourself some questions. To this twenty one listening, you know, exactly as you just said, Kate. What is it that fulfils you? What what fills your soul? And if, if there's something coming up and you're secretly having a conversation but thinking you can't, then continue to explore that because you can. I can't tell you how because everybody's situation is different, but I can help you work out how we, you know, that's what a coach does. That's what we do. We help you work out how you can make it a reality. Um, and, and I guess it's just that piece around don't, don't accept that voice that's saying but you can't because you can. If you want to, you can, and it's just about finding the way. Um, so my practical, my practical head always goes into you know you, you, you don't get in a car and, and not have a destination, even if you don't know how to get there. And so just think about what you want your destination to be with, and then. The coach stroke sat nav will help you find your way.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that, Shelly. Thank you so thank much. You. It's been such an um, enlightening conversation. I've really enjoyed it, um, and I hope it's been helpful for um, for people listening as well. And I'm sure it has. Um, can you tell people how they can find you? Um, what your if you've got any programs, anything that you know? How could they work with you? Yeah. So I'm really
1: easy to find. I've made it nice and simple. Um, you can find me at shellybosworthcoaching.com. I'm on Insta. Most days um, with a little metaphorical kick up the butt or something to inspire and empower you. Again, Shelley Bosworth coaching, um, and I've also got a free Facebook group, the Successful Ladies Escape Lounge. Kind of does what it says on the tin. So it's for all of you time pressured women who. And I appreciate success is a is a word that some people struggle with, but this is about all of you that are out there striving to do the best you can in your businesses. And and this is not just for small business owners. This is women in corporate too. And it's an escape. It's absolutely a positive space where I, of course, host and encourage and challenge the thought process. I'm live in there every single week, um, and throughout the rest of the week, we're all just supporting each other with the real challenges of life that we might not be telling everyone around us about. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hop on over and join us there if you'd like to. That's the Successful Ladies Escape Lounge, um, but very easy to find and in terms of working with me if any, anyone wanted to explore that my website is the best way to find out about one-to-one coaching is my predominant way of working um, I'm in a group of coaching program at the moment as in running one and there will be another one later in the year which I can absolutely talk to people about if they're interested so thank you Kate oh. for giving me the opportunity to share that
0: yeah no problem thank you so much and I hope to speak to you very soon thank you so that's this week's episode done. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way. I listen to loads of podcasts and I've learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. and My aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode.